Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody or i guess if you're on the west coast a uh, good mid morning to you all this is the pga dfs first look show for the wgc match play but this week it's a special week it's actually a dual tournament one so i guess we can call it the pga dfs first look for the corrales as well as we'll try and get in a conversation about both but definitely going to be focusing on in the match play but before we get into all that Want to, of course, thank our sponsor of the show, Monkey Night Fight. Their player prop space contests are easy to play. They don't require the time commitment to worry about quadrants and optimal lineups. They don't worry about that this week. All you got to do at monkeynightfight.com is head on over to there and choose which game you want to play, your contest type, and your buy-in. And even better, when you sign up with the promo code Osmo, you're going to get $50 first match deposit. Uh, so sign up today. Again, that's monkeynightfight.com. And since we do have two tournaments to talk about this week, we're going to really focus on those. But we're going to go through our quick DFS review of last week. But before we go on that, I want to bring in my two analysts. Eric, you are back with us for the second week. Jeff, what do you think about that? We've got an an actual partner here, huh? (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. It's great. Uh, Always good to get the more perspectives and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, especially this week because, like you said, there's lots to talk about, different formats. So, Kind of interested to know what Eric thinks about all this because uh, I usually suck at this event. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Figure out, <laughs> figure out group two and move on. That's uh, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. The group of death. I kind of always love that FIFA idea. They always find that one group that's just absolutely yeah. stacked. Wow. Well, it's it jumps off the page this week. So excited to break it down. Uh, just excited to also follow the bracket because if you build lineups correctly, you're already at an edge. Yeah, it's a great point. And if you guys followed my little Twitter conversation this morning, uh, getting the final 444, not one lineup two years ago did. Not one. Now, three years ago, a couple of them did, and each of them finished in the top of the GPPs. So that is still the goal, to try and get all four. That's how we're going to build this week. We will certainly be talking about that as we move along. So what we're going to do, a little change up, as I mentioned, we're just going to run quickly through uh, my DFS review of last week. We go over some of our uh, big-time performers. We go over the optimal lineup and such like that. So let's go ahead and kick it off with a little DFS review. Obviously, Matt Jones, from the get-go, looked like he was going to be a must-own. 
He ended up coming up to win after firing that first round 61. So great score. Chase Seifert was up there, 14x value. CT Pan, who I wrote up a couple of times this week at 13. Sam Ryder, Denny McCarthy, Camilio Vijegas, Aaron Wise, Kevin Chappell, all 12x. A couple of other names down there. As you can tell this week, when I have names like Chase Kevka, Stuart Sink, Roger Sloan growing up in 11x. Eric, it is going to be a volatile one. We'll see what the optimal lineup. It was like 46,000. Just a tough week when stuff like this happens. Yeah, I I felt pretty good coming into it. Obviously, I was really high on Joaquin and Shane Lowry on the front end. And then all that exposure flooded from Berger to them. And I didn't really know what to do. So I kind of went massive overweight the field for the most part and uh then kind of did a little bit of a scatter shot on the bottom end well the problem with that i guess is when you have a guy that is reaching the highest ownership of his entire career in a tournament that's a smaller like a a, a lesser field event uh just in terms of strength of strength of the field and he gets up to you know 15 20 percent owned in most stuff and he hits uh you're in you're in a lot of trouble when you've got under five percent of him it's just there's nowhere to go from there so true, Jeff. Uh, it, it, you didn't, again, Matt Jones was so key last week. Any take it for you on that regard? I know you maybe focused a little bit more on the batting, but I, it was actually, when I look back at it, Monday morning quarterback wasn't that outside of the grain play. I mean, he had been playing pretty right. good this year. It really wasn't. You know, Matt Jones is a guy who's obviously won on the PGA before. And, and when, I, when I was looking at this event and trying to bet it, you know, it just... <laughs> This one worked out pretty much exactly how I thought it was going to do. I, you, it's always a weird event. We've seen weird winners here before. Not that Keith Mitchell is terrible or anything, but, you know, far back in the odds, um, you know, a similar type of winner here. So Matt Jones, I, I think, is someone that you could have easily got on uh, if your strategy was kind of to tip to peg the, the 100 to 1 guys and just sort of throw a larger basket out there. Uh, it's something I wish I'd done a little bit more of last week. Um, but yeah, definitely a guy, I think you could have fallen on that, you know, he, he was playing okay, but you know, just looking at the guys who were up there, um, it was, it, it was just, it was a tough week for sure. Um, if you went like heavy chalk or you tried to, to hit on one of the, uh, the, the shorter odds players. So in a way it, it all worked out, uh, the way I thought it would, uh, but you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't have exposure to, to Matt Jones, unfortunately. Now, Eric, one of the great things about, uh, Osmo.com when you become a plus member is you get. The projections from Alex Osmoy Baker himself. And last week, had we just listened to Alex's projections a little bit more, we probably would have found ourselves to a lot more Matt Jones, as we're going to find out here during our pro review. Uh, our guy, Alex, had a fantastic week, not just in the week long, but in the uh, in the day long showdown stuff as well. So be sure check those projections out. Just eight ninety five for the week to join us on the golf side. But what do you make of that? I mean, should we get mad at ourselves given the fact that we are we have these projections in front of us? Me, it was an ownership thing. I decided to fade, but obviously shouldn't have. Yeah, he's the number one player in the world for a reason. Uh, looking at his exposures, I mean, you have Henley, you have Westwood. Uh, the Westwood part was the one thing that I would have had pushback on, but when it's only in a third of your lineups and then he's getting himself to a situation where um, he's, he's getting on top of a couple of these other plays, like it's just... Um, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one, but either way, I I'm just, I'm just enamored by like the fact that he is capable of kind of hitting on some of these plays every single week. Uh, he's just so consistent in terms of his builds, in terms of the way that he spreads his net. And I think that that's kind of the thing that I, I learned the most from. 
Absolutely. And we're going to go over that here in just a little bit. The top side exposure is never too much. So uh, just quickly running through the chalk of last week, we had uh, just a one miscut couple of uh, top 10. So by and large, the chalk did well. The secondary chalk, however, I would say those mid-tier guys, Fertale, woo, they all missed the cut. So it did bring the six of six percentage down pretty low. Uh, running through the optimal, uh, real quick, Russell Henley, Brendan Steele with an incredible Sunday. Thought maybe he had a chance to win, but just stuttered a little bit uh, down the stretch. Aaron Wise, Matt Jones, Danny McCarthy, and Chase Seifert. Wow, was your optimal crazy? Top GPP lineup, which edged out our guy by just one point. Had Russell Henley, Cam Tringale, the aforementioned Brendan Steele, Kevin Streelman, Matt Jones, and Denny McCarthy using 49,600 salary and a total ownership of 75%. Okay, now we're going to go into our quick pro review where Eric just gave us a nice little kind of uh, tidway or uh, tease into it. Alex Austin Baker, he had Russell Henley, 46%. He ended up being a really good play this week. Lee Westwood, 35%. Doug Gim, 33%. Chris Kirk, 28, Mackenzie Hughes, 25, Zach Johnson, 23, Matt Jones. There's the winner, 23, Patton Gazire, 22. So, Jeff, we see Lee Westwood, we see Doug Gim taking up a third of his lineups, yet it only takes one to win. I hate to say that every single week, but still, interesting to see two of his main guys miss it there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Alex still had the right approach this week, even with uh, the misses, obviously. Um uh, you know, I think going a little bit more of like, a, you know, just avoiding that kind of mid-tier chalk, like guys like Matt Wallace, that, that's the guys basically I fell on this week. So, um, you know, I, I like the approach, obviously. I think with Westwood and Gim, obviously trying to get overweight on the field, uh, a little bit of sticker shock, I think. I think he knew that the ownership was going to come in lower on those guys. Yep. And just and just going overweight, I think it made sense, even with the guys who missed the cut. So um, definitely like his build out this week, uh, obviously went with the projections and Matt Jones kazire as well and, and taylor gooch is a guy i liked as well so uh really really nothing uh to, to point out here i i just feel like uh he went with his projections this week and and, and obviously his projections are really good and uh it, it kept him off some of the, those uh those landmines like i said like guys like matt walls who you know kind of sucks so <laughs> <laughs> no he sure did and uh eric again 46 percent was his top the thing about having his top guy, Russell Henley, by and large, hit. I mean, he was third in drafting mm-hmm. points. I don't think he finished in third for the tournament. Didn't matter, though, after the well, amount he of points he scored. Yeah, oh, did he, he, he made his way into the optimal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I didn't see that on the leaderboard. Sorry, you're okay. That. You're you're just... Henley's your guy, too, so I shouldn't yes. have been taking that away from him. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric, but go ahead. Speak to the allocations a, a little bit and uh, how he was able to get second place there using 99 golfers. That's his strategy, though. So I, I loved the idea of going to more golfers this week. That was, that was a big part of what my strategy was. I capped out uh, on Cruncher having $200 left over. Like I was never going to zero out. It was difficult if you wanted to zero out your salary, but people do it every single week. So just avoiding that uh, on, a, on a week where there were so many guys that could hit felt like an optimal way to go. And it looks like just from his exposures, it would have been tough for him to zero out a lot of these spots, except for some of the Westwood ones, I suppose. Um, but with Henley making himself into the optimal 46%, that's just as good as hitting, um, you know, sometimes for the outright W because that right W yeah, is going to be your path to a winning lineup, but your, your path to a profitable week is hitting on one of these guys that you're just Done massively guys, yeah. overweight to. And, and so having Henley up there, 
uh, it made the West would not really matter that much because you were looking at so many lineups where, because they were more on the, on the expensive end a little bit, like you, you weren't going to have as much overlap there as possible. So like all those Henley lineups were, were pretty live uh, coming down, coming down the stretch there. And then you get Matt Jones paired in that where he's overweight there as well. Um, it's just a really smart way to, to spread your exposures. If you are going to be more top heavy, you know, like, like this week, uh, I went the Joaquin Shane Lowry route, but you can kind of scattershot some of those bottom end guys because you are so heavily exposed to a certain play or a couple certain plays and having that, having that leverage that he had on Zach Johnson as well, who kind of got there in the mix, uh, there were a couple of people that, that just kind of hit for him out of this. Cameron Tringali was there on Sunday. Uh, I, I just really like this build in general. 99 golfers would normally be a lot on a, on a regular field, but right. this one, because of how, uh, how spread out it was, I, I really like that choice. Now, I took a similar approach on the amount of ownership I gave to my top guy. However, it wasn't uh, Russell Henley. It was Brandon Wu who ended up missing the cut. So 46% of my lineup's dead right away. I did match that up with 46% Sung J M, who was a better play over Joaquin Neiman. That play ended up working out for me, but that was pretty much the only thing that worked out. Doug Gim, I also found myself a lot too. Dylan Fertelli, I bought into. JT Poston. A lot of those. So you see... Basically, four of my top five owned guys missed the cut. That is going to end up in a bad week. Maybe some decent hits. Uh, not really, to be honest with you. I didn't have much. Chris Kirk was okay. I, I had a basic leverage on him. So we can keep on scrolling through. We'll go down to uh, another one of a uh, big-time GPP players, good players as well, uh, Forsaken at downside of me. Uh, now, they had not a great finish in the $15, but a fifth-place finish in the $5. This was their same allocations, basically. Joaquin Neiman up top, Russell Henley next. So there you go. There's that name three for three in the studs and as, uh, in the pro review. And as I look quickly at Eric's as well, also had Russell Henley up in the top six zone. So I guess it wasn't too against the green to find him, but uh, Adam Scott, there was kind of the big outlier. He ended up having a pretty good week. A couple of other guys uh, that he was big on Keegan Bradley. Then moving to Eric, as we go on to our last pro review, we'll talk about Joaquin Neiman and Shane Lowry, 63% and 51%. You think it was too much for a field like this, Eric, uh, if you had to go back and play Monday morning quarterback, given the fact that it's so wide open? Yeah, I, I think coming off of last week where, where some of those guys were, uh, you know, massively owned by the Millie Maker winner uh, and and kind of got a little bit cute in some spots. I just was so, so high on Joaquin Neiman, thought that with, with Berger out of the field that it made sense to get double there. I didn't want to be at the field uh, on a guy like him. It just didn't feel right. So it was kind of an all or nothing situation for, for both him and Lowry. I took the overweight approach. Lowry was fine. Um, but God, it was, it was kind of tough because I, I felt pretty good about my exposures going into it, but definitely Monday morning quarterback uh, looking back through it. I wish Henley who would, we had talked about just a guy who's from, you know, that Southern Georgia area, uh, somebody who, just has familiarity on this grass type. I wish that he was kind of the guy that I took more of an overweight approach to, but JT post and being three under through three and then shooting 10 over the next 33 holes was not exactly what I was looking for. And, uh, and so kind of planting my flag there, Ryan Moore, who hasn't really been around of late, but we kind of know profiles better on these shorter golf courses. I, I wish I, I could have done a couple of things different and, and spread it out even more than I did, but got to 88 golfers a little bit larger than my normal allocation. Uh, I'm not going to beat myself up too bad, but it was a bad, bad week. 
Jeff, another two seed goes down uh, here in the NCAA tournament, uh, but hopefully we're not going to have too many two seeds knock out of the match play championship, which we'll get to in a bit. But if I uh, had to guess what you're going to say to this question, you would say those allocations from Eric were perfect. You and I talk about this a lot. You like going more aggressive, especially given the fact that Neiman and M, if we take those guys, maybe even Lowry had a big time win equity, given the fact that Berger with the truth. So you think that it's a case for Eric just not maybe hitting the perfect plays there? Or would you say in an event like this, you would like to spread it out? In, in an event like this, I could definitely see the spread it out approach. You know, more this, this would be like the one kind of event where it's just that the, the course brings in so much variance. You know, I even, I, I think he made the, the right call on Demon. I, I think he, it's a player you, it's okay going overweight on. But then you get down to players like Shane Lowry, it just doesn't feel as good, right? So, um, you know, I might have spread it out a little bit more. I, I think the Adam Scott call, you know, most of the, the big guys here had, had some exposure to Adam Scott, recognizing he was kind of going under own by the field. Hey, you might you might want to go a little bit more overweight on that or something. But yeah, other than that, I, I, this is still an approach I, I would I, I like uh, over the long term. I mean, look, you replace Matt Jones and Ryan Moore. I mean, very similar type of players, similar price range. I mean, it's a completely different week, right? So, um. All things considered, not not as far off as a, probably the profit and loss look this week. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's easy to say. Obviously, uh, I love doing shows with you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> make me feel better. Talk me talk me off the ledge. It's fine. That's what we're here for. That's what we're All here right. for. Good, and good, good. If if you guys aren't uh, members of Osmo, then let me tell you a little bit about the free content we've got going on today. Both NBA and NHL rankings are free, so check them out. We've got a ton of sports going on. Obviously, the March Madness uh, college basketball tournament in full swing. We've got NBA, NHL. We've got golf that is coming up to basically its biggest season, major season. So get access to all of the great Osmo Plus tools and content for nearly every DFS sport out there with an Osmo Plus weekly pass, just $29.95. That's going to include full access to all the premium content and tools on Osmo.com, including player projections, ownership projections, huge this week, and premium Slack channel. So much more. Only looking to play PGA DFS. Told you guys about it earlier, but just $8.95 for the week. So stop guessing, start winning, join Osmo Plus today. All right, let is go on to my lineup. I'm going to spend about two seconds on it because it was so bad. Three of six. I mentioned some of my top plays. Brandon Wu missing the cut. JT Poston missing the cut. Uh, just not having it there, maybe not. And Luke List as well, all guys that I was high on. What happened was, and maybe I'm blaming this or I'm looking for something to blame, but they all got caught in the worst of the weather. There was a period of about an hour and a half where Matt Jones finished his round. The morning guys were still on the course, uh, most of them at least, because Matt Jones was one of the first ones out, and they caught the worst of the weather, the worst of the winds, and all of my guys were in that little mini wave, and they all missed. Outside of Sun JM, Brendan Steele, Will Gordon, I mean, Jeff, there we are again with Will Gordon getting us 10x. I'm okay with it, 7,100. Brendan Steele, great for me. Sung JM was the right play on the studs. I was close if I could have found Matt Jones into the lineup. Yeah, look, I mean, again, one of those weeks where, yeah, the, the waves definitely, we, we didn't even really talk about it because, but it definitely, definitely had a little bit of effect, right? So Will Gordon, uh, again, I was going to say off the top, great call there, 1.5% on. That's kind of, you like to hit. Steele was a really solid play too. He's basically the only top play that I uh, ended up with who, who who did anything for me. Uh, just a guy who just really grinds. <laughs> you got to love Brendan Steele. Uh, never, never feels like he's out of it. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, you took a shot with Brendan Wu. I mean, Brendan Wu's a, a talented player. Didn't work out. When do you go Going that overweight? 
Yeah, I'm doing it again this week. Why not? Exactly. So. <laughs> uh, Eric, uh, say, same thing for you. I mean, just uh, I got caught in that mini bad wave. Uh, did I make bad plays, though? Like, are you going to sit there and tell me Wu was just too early? No. Well, uh, I wasn't on Wu because I just thought the ownership was going to get there in such a way for a, a pretty volatile player in a lot of ways. But everybody was volatile when you have these kind of conditions on this kind of a golf course with this kind of a field. So uh, I, I didn't mind if you're going to play him there. 13.3%. Uh, that's, that's no issue there. JT Poston, I bit the bullet there with you as well. Luke List, we know the kind of talent and upside he does have, uh, does play better in some of these weaker field events. So I, I liked going to all of these plays in general. Will Gordon, somebody that I wasn't necessarily on, and I, I really do like the play in hindsight. Brennan Steele and him were obviously fantastic plays. Can't knock that. Wish I had gone more in that direction myself. Yeah, he was kind of the chalk that hit. Okay, let's. Uh, I'm done with Honda Classic for at least a year. Although Jack <laughs> Nicholas tells me it might be maybe shorter than a year, he's not very happy with the placement of timing. Jack normally gets his way with the PGA Tour, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the Honda yeah. Classic move next year. In case you're wondering, Jack Nicholas, uh, primary beneficiary, uh, his uh, charity is the primary beneficiary of the Honda Classic, so that's why he cares. But all right, let's move on to the match play. Top 64 in the world are invited. How they did it was we had a four or five guys withdraw. Uh, uh, Gary Woodland was the only one due to illness. Then Adam Scott, Justin Rose, and of course, Tiger Woods and Brooks Kepka all not making the trip here to Austin. Uh, looks like Brooks just got surgery this past week and he might be out through the Masters. He didn't specify, but it certainly looks like it. Can't imagine he'll recover from surgery in three weeks. Maybe he will. Um, but let's talk about who's here uh playing austin country club par 71 7100 yards another peter die risk award everywhere uh we know that we have four different quadrants and i'm gonna pull them up and we're gonna talk about each group individually let's start off with group one dustin johnson kevin not robert mcintyre and adam long kind of an interesting one there jeff i'm gonna let you get a crack at it is this the draw that we needed for DJ to get like 30% ownership this week. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It is, man. Um, it, it's good. Look, and, and I like it. I like the fact DJ has an easy draw here. Uh, there's a couple ways I think you can go. I, I think Kevin Na is very live. Kevin Na is great putter, great die course player. He, he's live in this event. There's no doubt about it for me. And look, Adam Long is, is can get red hot. So I don't have a problem taking either of those guys as underdogs here. Uh, DJ, a little bit out of form. Look, he's still DJ. He could come in and just blow the doors off here. But if, if he's going to get up there in ownership, like you said, I'll, I'll be taking underdogs from this group for sure. I probably won't take McIntyre. He is extremely talented, but I think I'd rather side with Nahr Long here. Yeah, and it seems like McIntyre may be struggling his first time around some of these courses sure, yeah. that we've seen. Big, Our, yeah, AP, right? API made the cut. TPC Sawgrass missed it. But I, I, he's got great talent. Uh, Eric, uh, pretty obvious that DJ – like I like the fact that he came in the highest priced on, on DraftKings, which we'll get to obviously in a little bit, but I do like that given this draw. Agreed. And former winner in 2017 of this event, uh, like, like his profile for this golf course, again, just somebody that can, uh, we know how hot he can get with a putter at times. Uh, also just a phenomenal driver of the golf ball. So like going that direction, Kevin Na freaks me out a little bit because he feels like the kind of guy who can pop in match play events uh, want to talk about a putter he can just go flat out and win an event any given week we saw that in Hawaii uh just gets super super hot at unbelievable times so I am scared of him in this draw Robert McIntyre just a young guy that hopefully can start turning it on here Adam Long uh profiles well as well um but for the most part I think this is one of the more 
top heavy groups that we have uh, just in terms of like eating the chalk possibly and moving on. But Kevin Na is somebody that I'm probably going to have to sprinkle in a little bit still. Yeah, I think the other two guys, uh, I agree that Long and McIntyre, maybe a little too far. Kevin Na, obviously, the withdraw at the players, at least it was before lock, I think this time was. I don't recall now the Na, Ustase, and Day. They're always withdrawing on me now, so it's hard to keep up. They, uh, The winner of Group 1 is going to play the winner of Group 16. That has Sung J M, Victor Perez, Mark Leishman, and Russell Henley. First glance, you might say, ah, this group is kind of weak, but Russell Henley is a D seed. Jeff, I mean, he's one of the stronger D-seeds uh, outside of Jordan Spieth, in my opinion, might be the strongest D-seed. Um, and, and this is a great group for him, too. You know, you got Leishman in kind of meh form. You've got Perez. Perez is playing okay, and he's a good player. But, you know, he hasn't played this event a ton or anything. I, like, I don't think Victor Perez scares Russell Henley. And he's getting strokes putting in eight, eight straight events. He gained eight strokes putting last week. He's still hitting his irons fine. Yeah, you're right. This, this is, I, I love Russell Henley as an underdog. I'm definitely betting him to win this group. I do like Sung JM out of this group too. And and, and I, I look, potentially maybe get like outrights on both of them or something. And, and at least he got like two, two live guys coming out of the group. I don't know how to approach it quite yet, but I definitely like Henley as the underdog. Um, I, you know, maybe having a little bit of exposure to Henley and him, I think is a way to go for me, but absolutely. Russ is, uh, is on my radar. Love this draw from yeah, my PowerPoint did not like Perez for some reason and switched it to Perez. It is P-E-R-E-Z. I apologize there, Eric, but I'm sure you know who I was talking about. Does he have the game to win at match play? Seems like he gets really hot and really cold. Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of that guy. Uh, he barely, I think it was like barely, barely made the cut the other day uh, at Sawgrass. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he's somebody who is in okay form for the most part. I, I don't know. This whole group just kind of feels muddled for me. So... Part of like why I love this event so much is just the ability to hedge uh, ownership. So looking at what the ownership is going to be for these four, I feel like it's pretty diluted. Like Sun JM and, and Henley would definitely stick out the most for me in this group. Leishman doesn't have a great record here, but I, I do like his profile in Austin. If, if the wind kicks up on any given day, uh, a guy that I, I think can kind of just golf his ball pretty darn well and just kind of make it work. But definitely the other, the other, like everybody is live in this group. And so I, I generally take the approach of, of trying to go to the lowest owned of the group, uh, just because I think there is, it's so tight uh, between all four of them. Yeah. And Perez, actually the story on the made cut last week, he hold out a bunker shot on Saturday morning to get through, oh, then Lord. ended up making a, a big run on the weekend. So just a funny <laughs> story about Victor Perez and making the cut there uh, at TBC. Okay. Let's head over to group eight and group nine. That's who the winner of these two groups would play in their elite eight matchup group eight. Let's start with them. Ty Hatton, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, Matt Wallace, all Ryder cup contenders on the European side. So an interesting group. They said, um, at least WGC uh, coordinator said that it was the Dell technology computer that picked these groups. But Jeff, I got to be honest, it certainly seems like a little bit of a play on here uh, with these four groupings. Sergio Garcia, to me, is the standout here. Lee Westwood's played some great golf, saw regression. Ty Hatton, big events, hasn't showed up. Sergio Garcia certainly has. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sergio, you know, advanced out of his pod at this uh, at this event the last two times it's been played. Obviously, has a massively long track record. Played good at, at TPC Sawgrass. I, th- th- yeah, this is going to be a fun group, and and I, I honestly like. I think just you kind of got to just go to with Sergio probably is the best value. But like, does Westwood just bounce right back after after a week off? Maybe now he's got some rest. 
Hatton is playing the best of these, this group, but you're right. I mean, it like, it, does he show up now? It's a WGC and it's not like a, a semi-major. I'd probably, I think using Hatton might be interesting from DFS. He, he might just, because everyone will just look at this group and go, well, I'll just use Sergio. So we'll have to see what the ownership on, on Hatton could be projected. I, I could see myself, you know, um, perhaps uh, siding with him. I, I, he's a player who's bounced back pretty quick too from these bad miscuts. You're right though. Like the majors and stuff, it's getting kind of old hat with Hatton. Um, like he, he just, he just doesn't show up. So maybe bounces back here though. Eric Sergio, uh, Faye for you, or do you believe in Hatton a little bit more than we do? Everybody loved the fact that I knew where all the Sea Island guys were from. So I'm going to throw this out there too. Sergio Garcia, basically an Austin native. Uh, he's, he's like living and residing in the area now. Uh, so he's, I don't know if he's able to sleep in his own bed. I'll have to figure out that. I'll, uh, I'll get back to you guys on Twitter for that. But I'm pretty sure that uh, just being from now from like a, from a living, like he's just there uh, on, on the daily, probably played a little bit more golf there than most uh, is my guess, but not positive. I, I just like being able to, to go with him in this event, uh, in this grouping. I mean, Haddon, he's got the most Ryder Cup experience. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or none out of every, well, him and Westwood together have a crazy amount of Ryder Cup experience. But yeah, Tyrrell Hatton, for sure, the chalk of the group. But I, I would be more inclined to, to fade him on the top end and go to somebody else down there. Everybody is super, super alive in that group. It's just kind of another one that... Uh, it feels like, you know, if Matt Wallace gets hot with the putter like he like he has been in recent weeks, sure, it could happen too. It would be such a Matt Wallace thing to, you know, bomb last week and then just, like you said, oh, like Eric said, hot. get massively hot with his putter and just kill everyone in the group because he's going to be the lowest owner of this four for sure. But that's match play too. That's the fun of this event Absolutely. and that's the fun of it. Is this event is so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than Kevin Kistner, who we'll get to, I mean, it's like everybody, anybody can pop anytime, but uh, Kevin Kistner apparently is just like, he owns Austin Country Club now. Lucas Beauregard is still uh, probably living off of the third place money or fourth place money that he won a couple of years ago. We have a tiger beat down the tiger beat down. Yeah. That's right. He crushed tiger that week. Uh, group nine who uh, group eights winner we'll see has two names at the top. Uh, Eric, I'll go right back to you. Paul Casey, Webb Simpson, Taylor made for match play. In my opinion, just guys that don't make big mistakes. Guys, well, obviously on the Webb Simpson side, can make a putt from anywhere. Paul Casey doesn't probably not going to miss many greens. So does the winner of that matchup end up going on, or do you see one of these other two guys, say Mackenzie Hughes or Taylor Gooch, stealing it? I might want to just eat the Paul Casey chalk here. So yeah. there's a European comp that exists. They have the Volvo over in Europe uh, that's in uh, – 
it's Wentworth, uh, but they have, they have a, a match play event over in Europe and he's finished up uh, runner up twice in that event. So he's somebody who in match play generally kind of finds a little bit of extra form. I give him kind of a slight bump because of that. So I'm, I'm kind of going to be looking to go his direction there. Taylor Gooch has been somebody who played the last two weeks. This is, you know, another Pete Dye track like Sawgrass is, but I, uh, it's a different golf course in a lot of ways. I, I think I'm going to be siding with the Casey side of it. This might be one of the pieces of chalk that I would be happy to eat. Jeff, I think I agree here uh, with what Eric is saying. Casey has retooled this game and joined the European tour again, just to get Ryder cup standing so he can play again. Cause he loves it so much. Now this isn't a Ryder cup, but it's as close as we get to it. Paul Casey on the top of your board, no matter his ownership this week. Look, the only reason I'd be looking to fade Paul Casey is just the chalk gets so insane or something, and and he's going to be popular. I mean, I will say that his price is under 9K. Um, I don't think Webb Simpson scares a ton of people, even though he, he's obviously well set up for Pete Dye courses. Yep. Is, but his track record, like in match play, just isn't that good, right? So, which is kind of surprising. But yeah, I, I think the only thing, reason I'd, I'd be against Casey is ownership. Uh, if I was going to look to this group for an underdog, I, I would probably side with Gooch for sure. Again, we just saw him play extremely well. We talked about him last week. So Gooch is, is slightly interesting. But yeah, like Eric, this will probably be one where I just close my eyes, put Paul Casey and look for differentiation elsewhere. Yeah, interesting to see what Casey's ownership comes out at. If that does, in fact, push Simpson down into, say, below 10%, I would be interested in, in putting both yep. of them in, of course, different lineups, but in my lineup. So, uh, of course, because it's a double week, we've got content coming out at all different times. In fact, we're going to be doing a true live before lock, Ben Raz and I, at 9 o'clock on Wednesday. But we've also got a bunch of short-form videos, so make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel here if you're not already to get notified when those come live. So, all right. Let's move on to quadrant number two here, where we have got uh, four more groups to chat about. And these ones are going to be who the final four matchup would be of groups one, uh, eight, nine, uh, 16. Yes, I got it right here, which is going to be groups four, five, uh, and two. They're playing against a uh, 13 and 12, if my NCAA uh, numbers match up correctly here, which I believe they do. So let's go ahead and start with group number three, I believe. Uh, I'm sorry, group number four uh, in quadrant two. It is Colin Morikawa, Billy Horso, Max Homer, JT Poston. Kind of an interesting group here. No guys that hit it long. All guys that uh, maybe rely on a little bit of their short game. Colin Morikawa obviously relies on his uh, approach game to get it done. All three of the other guys, though, none long. It's a really interesting grouping here. It's Colin Morikawa, obviously the clear favorite, but Jeff, who would you uh, say could dethrone Morikawa and move on from this group? Yeah, I, I mean, look, just looking at the group right off the bat, I think Morikawa is going to be super popular this week, and, and it's for good reason. I mean, you know, we like the way Horschel's played lately, and, and Homa's obviously coming off a win. Um, but are any of these guys, like, near the level of Morikawa? I think most people are just going to look at this group and go, no, no not even close. So, uh, you know, expect Morikawa to be chalk. I'm interested in Max Homa. I, this guy just has a lot of confidence. He, he's a solid player. He can ball strike it with the best as well. Um, if, if that putter gets hot, the confidence is not going to be a problem with Max Homa. He's not going to go up against Colin Morikawa and be like, oh, I have no chance here. He's going out there with a chance to win. So um, Homa, 100% for me, uh, would be the guy uh, that I'd be wanting to target if I was going off Morikawa here. I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely, I could think, the direction I want to go too, which is uh, great to hear. I I don't know. Colin Morikawa, hearing him, obviously he went out and won and, and made me feel stupid uh, early a couple of weeks ago, but um, he doesn't look very comfortable with a putter. 
at the moment. Yep. Just yep. It, it feels a little wonky to me. You get in match play events, and that intensifies a little bit because sure you does. have those five, six-footers to have holes. It's a different feeling in golf. Like having played a lot of match play events, having played in some USGA events, I can tell you just match play does a different thing to you. And you either kind of have it that day or you don't. Uh, and, and I'm just going to kind of like ride off of what I've seen of late. Like, yeah, he's going to go out and hit irons like a, like a master, like he always does, but I don't know. I I'm going to go the other direction just because I think putting is, is a stat that I try to intensify in an event like this. You know, the thing about Morikawa is if I'm playing against him, watching him over the last year and a half, his only weakness seriously is his short putting inside of five feet. He's one of the worst on tour. If I'm playing against him, I'm not giving him a thing all week. Just It's just what I'm doing, and maybe that gets in his head. Maybe it doesn't. But if he does end up winning, it's not going to get easier. In fact, it's going to get much harder. As Group 13, a very sneaky group, I think, is very good. you got Victor Hovland, who says match play is his favorite format of golf. Abraham Anser, who we saw at the President's Cup play incredibly well. Then Bern Wiesberger, who is just a guy from the European tour that can get super hot. And Kevin Strillman, who puts together a lot of birdies in a row at times. So I think a good sneaky group here. Of course, I love Hovland. But Jeff, you think Abraham Answer can beat Hovland in a one and one and sneak through? Or you think Victor's playing too good right now? This one's interesting. I looked at it and I've looked at it a couple times. And I think I'm probably just good. This is one where I'll like I'll I'll side with Hovland. If I if I'm looking at more cow and Hovland in this quadrant, I, I'm probably more likely to take the Hovland shock. I'm just not sure if Abe is, is, is playing well enough right now where he wants to, to come in and can, and do that. He's certainly capable, hundred percent capable. It's a die setup. I think it's a good, good course for Abraham answer. I just don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just not feeling it or anything, but like he hasn't really looked super, super great late to me. Um, I don't think I, this is one where I'd touch Wiesberger or Streelman personally though. So really it does come down to answer Hovland. Uh, I think answer will get some ownership for sure, because I think most people look at that group this week, uh, but I, again, if we're talking more cow or Hovland. I'd rather take the Hovland uh, to win uh, over those two favorites. Eric, uh, I'm going to ask you one question. Then a follow-up is Hovland the guy for you? No. Okay. Well then I can't ask my follow-up really. My, my question was going to be Morikawa at 10,400. If he's got to go up against Hovland or answer in round two, I'm guessing it's going to be answer. You're going to tell me it seems like he's going to be probably pretty low owned. I mean, that's part of the discussion here. Now you can tell me about Abraham answer over Victor Hovland. So we can't spend up at every single position uh, going down the line. And that's kind of part of my thinking of this and Hovland doesn't feel uh, with his recent form nearly as close. Answer has actually been pretty good of late. Back to uh, consecutive top 22s in his previous two events. Uh, I like his pedigree and match play. We saw it the, at the President's Cup. That's the big thing that sticks out in my mind, was watching him in Australia. It seems like he changes and has like a different gear for match play, and he really kind of relishes it. I think the Tiger Woods beatdown that we all witnessed, that was worldwide witnessed, I think he comes out in a vengeance. He's one of the guys that I have circled to bet this week. I think answer in match play, I think answer in this spot is one of the sneakiest plays of the entire week, and I'm really, really going to be heavy on him. Imagine if he wins uh, his uh, first event as a match play. Just uh, we've, we've seen something weird happen before. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. As we switch over to the other side of this quadrant, group 12 versus group five will be the winners. Group five. Let's start down with them. Bryson DeChambeau at number five. He's probably got to be one of the top seeds at this point. He does have maybe a little bit of a difficult draw with Tommy Fleetwood. However, Fleetwood really has not been in good form. Siwoo Kim 
out of it, Antoine Rosner, we have not seen him basically at all. So Bryson DeChambeau for me and Dustin Johnson on the other side are going to be the two highest owned uh, plays of the slate, especially with Bryson only being 10,900, Eric. Um, this is a tough one here. I don't want to do it. I, I really know. don't. I, I am vehemently against I, I've just been on the wrong side of Bryson for the last year and it doesn't feel good. So I, I'm, I'm leaning on just jamming him in here. Uh, not a great record uh, of late in this event. Uh, he's only played in it, what, twice? But shoot, I, I, I don't really know any way not to because the rest of this group is just so, so weak. I mean, I didn't, I, I follow a lot of golf. Antoine Rosner is not somebody that I was very familiar with coming into this week. Uh, so uh, Tommy Fleetwood, not great for him. Siwoo has been hot at times here, but the level that Bryson DeChambeau has been at, it's going to be very difficult for me. Uh, a guy who went to SMU, a guy who is, you know, familiar with Texas in general. I like going to him and eating the chalk this week. So take that for what you will. Of course, he's going to go over three now. Yeah, Jeff, it's very possible that he does. That's a great thing about match play. But when you look at the group above, say his, you know, Sweet 16 matchup, it really doesn't look that hard either. Finau's not playing great. You've got yeah. Kokrak, who's doing okay. Zalatoris not going to scare Bryson, that's for sure. And then Dylan Fratelli there as the fourth. It seems like Bryson is setting up to be one of the best plays. So, I mean, I, look, I, I want Bryson to, to lose this group so badly. And it's just because I want to get a better number on him at Augusta in two weeks. <laughs> He's playing so good. Uh, you know, last year we talked about, oh, wait till Bryson gets his irons in shape. Well, his irons are in shape and he's, he's won and finished third at the players. Like those are, these aren't even courses that are good for him. You know, like there, there's a ton of water. There, there's not open. Wait till he gets to Augusta. Like just wait. So let's just pray he loses. Uh, I think Siwoo Kim, uh, again, if you're going off the Bryson shot, absolutely. It's a Pete Dye course. Siwoo is, is crazy up and down, but you know, T9 at the players. That's where I would go. I didn't, I don't think Fleetwood's in good enough form to do this. Uh, to me, it's Bryson or, or Siwoo. Uh, but again, I, I'm just, I'm just going to, you know, like I said, pray for a, a Bryson loss here and uh, and smash him at whatever number he gets up to for the Masters because uh, he's playing that good. Yeah, the only thing I know about Rosner is that he's got a, a last name that is probably closest to my name of any yeah. pro. The only thing I know about Rosner is we're not going to be caring about him come you know, Thursday because <laughs> he'll be out. So. No, yeah, for, for pretty much sure. And Mr. Edit Ros- that clip and send it to him. Yeah, <laughs> if you are if, if watching this group, you can absolutely do that. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, group 12, we just mentioned Finau, Kograk, Zalatoris, Fratelli, all kind of similar players in a way. All are not that great at putting, although Kograk has had a great year party. Zalatoris for me as a C seed, I'll call it, is probably one of my guys that I would say has the best chance to win as a C seed. Jeff, uh, do you think Finau gets it done here or is the form going to now regress because I played him a couple weeks ago? <laughs> this one's wide open, uh, in my opinion. Group 12, um, I like I almost just want to play for Telly just because he's going to be the cheapest, lowest owned, whatever. Um, you know, obviously played terrible last week, but he played good at the players, a really talented player. I'm pretty sure he's, he's got like good experience here. Like, I think he got to this, not the semis, but like the quarters one year. So Fratelli's definitely live. Um, Zal Torres is live. I think for this group, I, I, this is one where I'd actually, I just uh, like, I, you know, you can play any four of them, but again, if you're looking for value and, and, and just looking for a guy, a lower owned guy, like just play Zal Torres and Fratelli. And, and uh, I just like the favorites in the other groups, but better. I mean, in this, in this squadron without, without a doubt. So. 
Yeah. Uh, now we have 13 minutes left as we get the NHL strategy show coming up right after us. We got some good matchups tonight going on subsequently to the, to the college basketball tournament. So we'll go a little quickly, Eric, why don't you just give me uh, your supposed winner of group 12 and your against the grain winner of group 12. And then we will move on to question three. Supposed winner, Will Zalatoris, uh, under the radar, Kokrak. For Telly, I'm probably going to be staying away from missed four of his last five cuts. Uh, not in great form in in for, for somebody coming into this kind of an event. Finau, it feels strange to be off of him because if you just throw out the players' championship week, everybody would say that he would be like the odds-on favorite, massive, massive favorite in this spot. So if you can kind of just get over one blip on the radar on a golf course that he's never performed well at, uh, that was Sawgrass, I think he would really pop off the page. But because Will Zalatoris is somebody that I think gives me a little bit of those savings, 7,900, I, I like getting to him a little bit more. Quadrant three gives us group seven, 10, two, and 15. I'm going to start in the bottom right of the page with group 15. And I'm going to tell you guys that the only group of all 16 that has any seed more expensive than the A seed is group 15. And it's not the A seed. It's the D seed. Jordan Spieth is coming in, what, $600 more expensive than Matt Fitzpatrick, who's the A seed. I think that probably leads to relatively low ownership, given the fact that he's got to play Justin Thomas's group winner or the group of death uh, in the sweet 16. So Jeff um, full fade for Jordan Spieth, or do you actually think he could be in a good against the grain spot this week? I mean, I, I kind of like Jordan Spieth until I saw, until I saw, well, a, the draw, because I think this is the group of death and, uh, and be the, um, and, and be the price, you know, you got Connors playing extremely well, Matt Wolf, is Matt we have Wolf. no idea what he's going to give us. Exactly. But, I mean, you could get elite Matt Wolf. You could get terrible Matt Wolf. So, who yeah. knows? And Fitzpatrick's playing really good. I mean, dude's top 12 in four straight events, the players and stuff. So, this is a tough group. Spieth as a low, low ownership play, sure. But, um, my God, you got Reed, Cantley, and Thomas coming out of the other quadrants, you know, potentially. So, yeah, yeah this is a tough one. Uh, I don't really want to pick anyone. But um, I, if I'm going to take someone, I'll – I'll side with uh, I'll side with Fitzpatrick. Just go with the chalk, I guess. Yeah, Eric, two and fifteen, two groups that are just going to be so hard to get out of. So, uh, out of any player who's played here uh, in ten plus matches, Matt Fitzpatrick has the worst win percentage at four and eight. So, I'm just letting that be known. Uh, I, I had circled that as a. You know, you want to just throw out a couple stats here and there. That can be a little noisy because it depends on how well you're you're playing 50-50. You could just be flipping a coin 12 times and end up on the wrong side of it uh, more times than not. So maybe a little noisy, but four and eight out of anybody uh, that, that's been here 10 plus matches. So I don't know. I, I feel like this is a very, very wide open group in a lot of ways. Uh, I know that you're a, a Spieth mark, so I'm curious to get your take there too. But Connors, we've seen the ball striking of late. Matt Wolf has been broken of late. Oh. Uh, very, very difficult to, to get a gauge on him. George Gankus needs to get him to putt the ball uh, as opposed to just like doing whatever else. He's, he's just kind of been a little bit off here and there. But uh, yeah, I, I could go any direction in this spot. So for me on this group, Matt Wolf, uh, I just had a story written about him on, on Golf Channel by Ryan Lavner, I believe it was, uh, that basically chronicled his uh, between-the-ears problem right now. Uh, the mental game is just not there, kind of feeling alone out on the PGA Tour right now. And that can really creep in. He's taken the last month or so off, has not played anywhere. I can't imagine coming back to play at Austin Country Club in the match play against an informed Fitzpatrick, an informed Corey Connors, and an informed Jordan Spieth. It'll be that good to his... Um, his uh, ego or his uh, mental capacity, but maybe it will. In any case, guaranteed check. Yeah. It's a guaranteed check. 
You no, know, that's true. It is a guaranteed check, yeah. and we do like those right now. So tough group. Don't get me wrong. I think low ownership on all of them because Connor Spieth, Fitzpatrick, going to be tough to uh, to handicap. Another one that's going to be super tough to handicap. Justin Thomas has got to go up against Louis Oosthuizen, who's already tough. The defending champion Kevin Kisner and the defending runner-up in Matt Kuchar. Now, granted, Kuchar is in nowhere good to same form, but still got to be the toughest draw for that Justin Thomas could have possibly imagined, Jeff. Yeah, it's it's pretty tough, right? Uh, Kisner is just such nails uh, with the putting and stuff, and he like he's not even hitting the ball that well, but he still just sinks so many putts. In this kind of format, it is it is debilitating, it is backbreaking, and Justin Thomas is a guy who can get a little underconfident with his putter. And look, Usti is putting really well too. So like this is a really tough matchup for Justin Thomas. Um, I don't know if if the crowd is just going to look at this and and just be like, you know, we're going to get super low ownership on Justin Thomas. I still don't really want to play him, quite frankly. So, um, you know, again, coming off a big player's win, how much is that taken out of him? I, I think Usti and Kisner got to be the targets for me. I, 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 the more I look at this, I, I don't mind taking Usti if his, uh, if his um, ownership is going to be uh, a little bit low and, and he doesn't get too crazy. He's played better than Kisner of late. Like I said, he's putting just as well as Kisner. He's got a ton of match play experience. Uh, you know, got reached to the finals here before. So I, I like Usti right now. But again, um, if, if he gets to be the chalk, this isn't really a group I want to be on the chalk either. So even if Justin Thomas gets through Eric, he's going to have to go through a Fitzpatrick, a Spieth, a Cantlay and a Reed. So not only is he in the group of death, but I feel like he's got so much else going against him this week. Do you see him at least getting out of the group or do you think it's going to be even too hard to do that? I have no idea. This group is the one. So this is the group of death that I was alluding to, uh, to use the world cup terms. Uh, Kevin Kisner, best win percentage here, 14-5-1. and one. Uh, Louis Wusthazen, second best winning percentage at Austin Country Club, 13-6-0. Matt Kuchar, fourth, 10-3-4. Like, everybody is live in this group. So even just getting out of this group is an issue. So, like, Matt Kuchar, we've also seen multiple times at this event where guys who had terrible form coming in, it's just like a, a great course history. It's a great fit. It's a great feel around there. I could take some shots on Kuchar, as stupid as that sounds, He's been absolutely terrible of late, but when you don't have to post a score at the end of the day, uh, when it's just straight up match play, Kuchar doesn't concede putts to anybody. So you know that you're getting the most value you possibly can out of him. He does not give two footers uh, from watching him play previous years here. I kind of like him as a, a really low owned dart here. Uh, that's going to get absolutely no love. Yeah, it's certainly going to get no love um, at being in that group. Maybe a couple lineups in, given the fact that he's pretty close to min price because of that 6,700, I understand. Uh, Jeff, when we move on, as we got seven minutes left, we want to give our opinions at least on all of the groups here and maybe give a one pick for Corrales if we have time. I don't know if we're going to. We're going to try our best, though. Group 7 and Group 10, Patrick Cantlay looks to be in a pretty good spot. I know Brian Harmon's playing well. Uh, Jeff, but we got a missed cut from him at the players, which moved his numbers up. So if we're going on the thesis that Cantley is going to win a big event, we actually kind of like the missed cut from a couple of weeks ago, given that he had some rust being injured or being sick, whatever, right? Love it. Love the missed cut. Love the setup on a die course. Got a great die <laughs> record. Uh, you know, get get all everyone jump off the Cantley train. I'll I'll, I'll risk Agreed. him again here. He's got weak weak Hideki Matsuyama. Never advanced out of the pod stage here. The only guy that scares me in his group is Brian Harmon, who is absolutely a tough competitor. Made Ricky Fowler cry back in the day uh, in, in match play in college. So, can't lay Harmon here for that group for me. 
He made yeah. me cry too. Uh, so <laughs> I was 15 years old, Columbia Country Club, U.S. Junior Amateur. Oh I had Brian God. Harmon go out and just murder the field. Uh, it was it was absolutely insane. He was going at everything. He was banging putts like they would go 10 feet by, but they would hit the hole every time. He's just kind of a match play guy that I I think just kind of grinds and and makes it work. I think that Christian Bezidenhut will be a pretty tough matchup for everybody, including Patrick Reed, Eric. Um, you think he could get out of that group? It's a tough group, too, it's now that we look at it, isn't it? It's awful. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got Joaquin Neiman, who's playing pretty good, and Bubba Watson, who we know can get in your head in match play. This is where you just kind of play the ownership game. Uh, there are like three or four groups out here where it's like, okay, I don't really know what to do with you. Like Reed is fantastic. Neiman uh, is, <laughs> hasn't missed a cut forever. Uh, love him in general in a no cut event uh, in a match play where he just kind of seems like a guy who will, who will ball out. Uh, Bazuntite, I, I like going to here as well. And Bubba Watson has the best course history out of everybody. So good luck. <laughs> yeah, seriously, and that's that's the best way to put it. Let's move on to quadrant four. We've got four minutes left, so I want to get at least a minute on an East quadrant. My opinion, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, and John Rahm all have passed to the Elite Eight that, to me, seem rather easy. Rahm's going up against Ryan Palmer, his his you know teammate from the Zurich. Shane Lowry, eh, okay, playing okay for him. Sebastian Munoz, no thank you. And then you look at Group 14, who would be a Sweet 16 matchup. Daniel Berger, he's injured. Harris Inglis, no way. Brendan Todd, okay, maybe, but not against John Rahm. And Eric Van Ruyen, no way. Eric Van Ruyen will get knocked out on hole 15 because he makes way too many bogeys. Jeff, do you agree with me? Am I seeing something that's uh, a little a little crazy, or does this seem right? I mean, I'll, I'll take a shot with Van Ruin in this group just because, I mean, I don't know what's going on with English. Berger's injured. I mean, Todd is – maybe Todd is the play. I don't know. But Van Ruin, to me, is a really talented player. Um, yeah, I, 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 this this group is crazy. It, it, I, I think Van Ruin is an okay punt play here, to be honest, just to get out of the pond. Just to get um, out, yeah. I think he's a really talented player. This guy's got, like, top 10s and majors and, and WGCs before. So I, I, I don't mind going to the bottom of the group in that one because we just don't know what's going on with the top two seeds there. John Rahm, again, to me, Eric, is is just an easy, easy play. Him and Bryson, going to anchor a lot of my lineups. Yeah, I, I find it hard to get away from him there. So that group three draw, I, I really like going to Rahm. I'm, I'm happy. It's also one of those feelings where it's like, if I lose with Rahm, I'll live with it. Like, I, I think going overweight to certain golfers with certain pedigrees is just kind of a, a – it's not just a safety net. It feels like, oh, I lost playing John Rahm. So what? Like, I obviously made a great choice. He's one of the top, I believe, five golfers in the entire world um, and has been for multiple years. So I'm, I'm very happy to go that direction. Down at that uh, 14 grouping, I'll let it be known, Daniel Berger, worst record out of anybody in the field, one in eight uh, in this, in this event. So that's kind of strange because I would expect him to be much, much better than that. Yeah, really weird group there. I want to do point out before we talk about the last quadrant that, in my opinion, and I, and I want to get your guys' quick take on this as well, I find pricing to be extremely hard this week, given the breakouts. I mean, I just put Raman DeChambeau in, in the same lineup, and I've got 7,100 left, and I'm looking, and I don't think anyone below 7,100 is going to win their pod. So, Jeff, 
let's talk about the last two groups and why don't you mention about the sal- uh the salary breakout first yeah look you, this is why I, we bring we're trying to bring up guys at the bottom you got to get aggressive this week like you, you're going to have to take an eric van ruin like it's not just me being like a, an idiot and being like oh yeah this guy's good like someone's good. A, a someone will like van ruin will win their group and b <laughs> you're going to need to use them anyways so we got to talk about these guys um and and uh you know you're gonna have to obviously pick on the right ones guys who've got but make sure you're trying to pick guys who are live and make sure jason like you alluded to this morning they're on the right side of the draw don't pick them to go up against your stud in the next round or something so really pay attention to that uh just quickly the last two groups i kind of like scheffler in that group six um haven't really made a decision about group 11 maybe maybe a polter but i definitely like scheffler as as kind of an under the radar you'll save some money going off xander too so Group 11, I saw your message earlier in chat, Eric Camp-Smith. I totally agree. Rory obviously is chasing distance, being hard. Let's talk about Group 6 quickly. I think it's a really tough top three. Jason Day is actually yeah. playing good golf again. Scotty Scheffler definitely can get hot. And then Xander Schauffele not playing great. So uh, do you see Jason Day getting out of there and uh, obviously going up against his country mate of uh, Cameron Smith? Yeah, I like Jason Day a lot. Uh, just kind of, you know, somebody that uh, obviously has a higher ball flight. And I think that that kind of works as long as it's not super windy out there. There's a couple pins that you can get to. You have that drivable par four, uh, just getting a little height on it to be able to get it closer there when you're coming down the stretch. Uh, I like Jason Day here a lot. Scotty Scheffler is somebody I play a lot, but I'm curious. I think the ownership might actually get there for him because he's a name that people like to click on. You have to get savings in some places. And because Xander hasn't been in the best form and has burned people of late, you might get some lower ownership on him for one of the top tier guys. Certainly will. Well, that is going to do it. Our time is up here. I'm sorry that we didn't get to Corrales, but I assure you we will be coming out with some Corrales content. I have my two short form videos yeah, coming up. There's a Corrales um, content. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, we've got we've got plenty of time to do it. Match play locks on Wednesday, so we'll have a full day Wednesday at 10 a.m. afterwards to talk about it. Of course, jump in the Osmo Slack channel. Ben and I and Jeff and Eric will all be rolling through, giving our opinions throughout the week. So until then, everybody, 2.30 tomorrow for the strategy show, and then again, live before lock, 9 a.m. Wednesday. So that'll do it for us here on the PGA DFS First Look Show for the WGC Match Play. We will see you next week, everybody.